Open Kwong Door Media presents Storytime with Paul Door. In each episode, you'll receive a short adrenaline shot of a story straight to the mind, heart, or sometimes the funny bone, wherever that is located. And stay tuned after the story for Paul's Picks, where I indulge you with something I'm reading, watching, or listening to. This week's story, three recent experiences that made me question the world and my place in it. Recorded live off the floor at Stories We Don't Tell. Number one. Walking along College Street at the border of the University of Toronto, I came to an intersection where the walking signal was a hand with the palm pointing at me. This means that I am supposed to stop. (laughs) As cars traveling in a perpendicular fashion have the right of way. The opposite of the palm is a profile of a person in mid-step. This means that the pedestrian has the right of way. Racing along College Street towards this particular intersection was an ambulance. When an ambulance or any other vehicle equipped with sirens, (laughs) such as a fire truck or police car, approach a red light, they are required to stop in order to ensure no other vehicles are moving through the intersection. This ambulance did just that and stopped at the red lights. All cars pulled to the side of the road and pedestrians stood frozen except for two people who started crossing the street in front of the ambulance. (laughs) The ambulance started to accelerate through the intersection and abruptly stopped when they saw the pedestrians. These two, these representatives of an evolved intellectual (laughs) capacity (laughs) and showcasing a unique display of a very specific and individualized sense of entitlement. pointed at the symbol of a profile of the person (laughs) in mid-step and angrily wagged their finger at the ambulance driver in a staggering act of defiance. Their finger wagging was letting the ambulance driver know who had the right of way. And this right of way was was with these pedestrians who then crossed very slowly. In this scenario, they are the winners. And the person in the back of the ambulance, or the person they were racing to save, are the losers. Number two. For the past two months, I've been trying to eat better. Don't worry, I'm not going to be that person. (laughs) The one who just because he is leaning towards maybe, potentially, perhaps becoming vegetarian, that he has to tell you and everyone he knows about it. I'm also into exercising more, but I'm not looking to get huge or anything like that. I'm more focused on things like agility, long-distance running, (laughs) flexibility, 
cardio. <laughs> Skills that might be needed in the wake of the recent political turmoil in the United States. <laughs> since it's winter and, I, and since I spent a fair amount of my life in arenas, I started skating at various outdoor rinks in city parks. On this particular day, I decided to take a quick drive to Dufferin Grove Park, which has two ice rinks side by side, one dedicated to public skating and the other to hockey skating, hockey playing. When I arrived at the park, the public skating rink was packed full of kids from the neighboring school. The hockey rink, on the other hand, had only two people on it, and they were barely moving mostly chatting, and every once in a while, slowly skating down the ice, passing a puck. I put on my figure skates and walked over to the hockey rink. I asked both people on the ice if they would mind if I joined them, since the public side was so busy. They said, of course, and with big welcoming smiles, I might add. And so the three of us, two hockey players, and a figure skater, harmoniously and collectively work together to stay out of each other's way while accomplishing our individual fitness goals. <laughs> Almost finished with my skate, two employees from the park, a man and a woman, approached the hockey rink and yelled at me to come over. She was very mad and did most of the talking while the man stood behind her with his arms crossed, repeating and highlighting certain aspects of her statements. <laughs> it's like they took one look at me from the office window and thought, this guy looks like trouble. <laughs> you can't be on the ice, she yelled at me. And he repeated, can't be on the ice. <laughs> this is for hockey players only, she continued. Only hockey players. <laughs> I asked the other two people here, I said, they were okay with it. This just made her more incensed. You must leave right now. Right now. <laughs> I tried to reason with her, okay, so let me get this straight. You want me to get off this rink that has two people on it and go over there that has about 20 kids on it, even though we in this community center have worked quite community-like sharing this near empty rink. Now, technically they were right. However, I sensed behind her angry exterior uh, a sense of fear. I figured that they had to keep people like me off the hockey rink. She was scared that there might be scores of figure skaters <laughs> hiding in the bushes, waiting to take over their hockey rink, waiting for one of their own to sneak on the hockey side. When the time was right, the lone figure skater, he or she, 
would give the appropriate signal, maybe a double axle. <laughs> maybe a very sassy move. And from the bushes would emerge an army of figure skaters with our ice picks and weird skates and sequins <laughs> and, take, and take over the hockey rink. And the world as we know it would be changed forever. <laughs> I was snapped from this image with more yelling from her, you have to leave right now. So I left, but the joke is on her. The President of the United States believes climate change is a hoax created by China to make US manufacturing non-competitive. <laughs> but climate change is very real. And the precious ice that makes up her hockey rink <laughs> will be melting a little earlier every year. So I win. We all lose, but I win. Number three. <laughs> I enjoy going to the theater because of the art, the writing, the acting, and so on. But really because plays start on time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to some music shows and other performing art shows that start an hour or more after the official appointment. I understand this is so the audience can arrive and get settled and all that. The general excuse for the tardiness is, well, everyone knows the show starts late. <laughs> the audience knows this, the show producers know this, we've created a system that fails on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> this particular play I was at did, did not start on time, but the crowd seemed a bit older and there were lots of steps. So I forgave this divergence from the norm. <laughs> One of the younger patrons found his seat a few rows in front of me, removed his jacket, and I noticed that he wore the same shirt as me. It's not like I noticed he was wearing the same white shirt as me. And <laughs> in fact, it was the shirt that I'm wearing right now. So as you can see, it's maybe a little bit of an unusual shirt. I just took note of this as more coincidence and move my intention to the performance. Since the play was unnecessarily three hours long, <laughs> there were two intermissions. During the first intermission, there was a lineup for the washroom. As the line moved forward, I realized that the gentleman who had the same shirt as me was at one of the urinals. There were two urinals and a few stalls. All were taken. The man at the urinal beside this guy finished, and I was second in line. And I felt okay about this situation because he would go there, and then I would switch with the guy with the same shirt as me, <laughs> like we were a tag team. <laughs> but the guy in front of me wasn't moving to the now empty urinal. He was waiting for a stall. So I walked up to the urinal, and in a crowd of about 200 theater goers, two people who had the same weird shirt on, 
were now peeing next to each other. <laughs> I was hoping that no one would say anything. <laughs> but there's a comedian in every crowd, and this other guy waiting in line said, hey, you two are wearing the same shirt. <laughs> so the guy with the same shirt finished, and as he turned, because he was doing the thing that a lot of men do in washrooms, is just not think anyone else is existing at that point. <laughs> and he turned and he saw me in the shirt, and he's confused. But he goes up to wash his hands, and the comedian repeats what was quickly becoming his catchphrase. <laughs> hey, you guys are wearing the same shirt. But this time he followed it up with, hey, are you two related? <laughs> so, let's say this guy and I were related. <laughs> and let's say that we saw an advertisement for this play and really wanted to see it. We picked a date and bought tickets. And on the day of the show, I called this relative of mine maybe a brother or a cousin, and said, hey, you know what we should do? We should both wear that weird shirt we've got. Because I think it would be cool if we both walked around in public wearing the same thing. And then we can time it at the theater so we're peeing next to each other. <laughs> Just to see if we could blow someone's mind. <laughs> so I, I was washing my hands and the comedian in line wanted to make sure that I had heard his earlier statement. <laughs> and he said, hey, you had the same shirt as that other guy. At the end of the show, I put my coat on and zipped it up. I located the position of the guy wearing the same shirt as me because now I had to manage my movements in relation to his. <laughs> I don't know who wins in this scenario. <laughs> Definitely wasn't me. <laughs> or the guy who wore the same shirt as me. He'll probably never wear this shirt again. <laughs> and I'm and I'm burning this fucking shirt after this night. <laughs> I think the winner here was the comedian in line who will probably be telling this story to people for years to come. <laughs> Thank you. Time for Paul's Picks, where I briefly tell you about something I'm reading, watching, or listening to. And give me 20, let me hear you count, and... Previously on Missing Richard Simmons. I didn't think anyone liked me because I was fat. Stop complaining, you've got to go home with this body, not me, now let's do them. Today we're talking about the fastest growing weight loss program in history. So now I guess you like a little tight ass, huh? <laughs> I thought the Missing Richard Simmons podcast was scripted when I first heard about it. It's very real. 
You know Richard Simmons, pretty much everyone does. He disappeared from public view three years ago, and amid wild speculation, he refuses to talk to anyone. The host, a friend of Richard's, tries to figure out what happened. At the part where Richard usually gives his inspirational thought of the day, there was no one to give it. So people just started speaking, being thankful for all of it, filling the absence that they felt. It's a true life mystery story that is quite a depth of humanity. Thank you for listening to Storytime with Paul Dorr, which is brought to you by Open Kwong Door Media and is produced by me and PJ Kwong. The theme music is by the amazingly talented singer-songwriter Arlene Pakulin. Find all things Arlene at arlenepakulin.com. Visit openkwongdoor.com and listen to our other show, the At Skating PJ Podcast. Check out paldoor.com to read my blog, get info about my novel, storytelling events, and other things. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate if you leave a comment on iTunes. That's all for now. Until next time, keep listening to each other.